Hello, listeners, and welcome to the latest episode of the Since Sinasty podcast. My name is Ryan Mago. I am joined by my co-host, Luke Mago, and we are here to talk to you and share some of our opinions, thoughts, and musings on all things Cincinnati Reds, Cincinnati Bengals. We got a little NBA action. We're gonna we're gonna sprinkle in there today. But Luke, I thought that we would start. With the end, uh, I'm sorry, the Major League Baseball awards, the season awards that were awarded this week. Uh, but before we do that, any general thoughts you'd like to share uh, with our listeners? You want to say hello? Hello. Uh, we've been trying to make, do a podcast for some time, but we haven't got to it, so we're doing it today. And here we are. And here we are. Okay. So. Without further ado, so I guess first of all, Texas Rangers win the uh, the World Series over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, you know, when we did our World Series preview, I said I thought that the Diamondbacks were going to win, but I was rooting for the Rangers because they'd never won it before. I think you picked the the Diamondbacks as well. Yeah. Um, apparently, we were wrong. Apparently, we were wrong because the. Like we said, if there, if the Arizona, if the Diamondbacks pitching could get into the Rangers hitting, mm-hmm. then they would have, they it would be a blowout. Yeah, but it it wasn't that, and they couldn't get in the hitting. Well, one thing we didn't really factor in or, or discuss, as far as I can remember, is Corey Seager. Yeah, <laughs> who was red hot. You're red hot. Yeah, those Rangers hitters were just a little bit too much in the end. Yeah, a little too much for their whole team. Like it, they could their hitting couldn't keep up, their pitching couldn't keep up, they couldn't keep up with how many points they were scoring. So they just lost it. Yeah. They they so the Rangers won the first one, and then the Diamondbacks won the second one. But really, after that, it was all Rangers. Yeah, it was, pretty much. It wasn't. It wasn't. It it wasn't really fun. You don't. You didn't think it was an exciting series. But if you talk, if you're talking about the first two games, it was a boring. But like, it, it because it it was boring because it like if uh if nobody scores points, it's boring. You mean runs. Same. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I – I think it was a fine series. I think I would have rather seen the Braves in there against either the Rangers or the Astros. Um, I uh, – you know, the, the Diamondbacks was a fun story. I think, I think the Diamondbacks making the World Series and winning the National League gives a lot of hope to the Reds, honestly, that you can turn it around really quickly with young players. Um, I think that gives them a lot of, I think that gives the Reds a lot of hope. Yeah. It's like, it's like a, it's like you're learning. It's, you're learning from teams that are just like you. Yeah. That just have. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of the Braves though. I, I just, I really thought the Braves were the best team all year. And I, I was really excited to watch that team in the world series, but that's, it just didn't work out. Yeah, it just didn't work out because apparently um, Attaboy Harper's not a thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about that in a while. All 
All right, so let's talk about the the uh, end of the season awards. So uh, the the first award that was announced was the manager of the year in the American League. Um, the upstart Orioles uh, manager Brandon Hyde won. Um, I think if you had given me a thousand dollars, I don't know that I could have named the manager of the Orioles. Could you? No. <laughs> but he did a great job. The Orioles were a great team. They won the American League East, which is a heck of an accomplishment. Uh, and in the in the National League, Skip Schumacher won. You know, he he led that team uh, really with very low expectations to the playoffs. I but I'm I'm interested. Is there anybody else that you could think of on the managerial side that maybe should have been in consideration? Well, the managers are hard because you only know your team's manager. Yeah. So I can't really say anything. Well, let me. Well, let me. Let's think about it this way: Are there any teams that really overachieved? this year like for instance uh obviously it's the texas rangers that's what i was going to say i think maybe bruce bochi bruce bochi could have been up for that um in consideration for manager of the year in the american league i I don't know that he should have won it over uh this dude who is allegedly the manager for the orioles but (laughs) um but bruce bochi i could think of for the for the the rangers i think could be in consideration yeah it's like so, sometimes it's your team that's winning, but sometimes it's your manager. Well, over a long season as well. I mean, yeah. it's really tough yeah. to hold all those guys together. And that's why I think maybe Brian Snedeker from uh, from the Braves, you know, to they were at the top all year long. I know I, I sound like a big Braves fan, really not. But I just was super impressed with them all year. And he held them together, and they stayed hot all year. Yeah. So they, I think maybe he's another one that could have been under consideration. Yeah. So. But- Rookie of the year uh, in the American League went to Gunnar Henderson. I actually had a chance to see him in Baltimore. A uh, heck of a young player. And in the National League went to Corbin Carroll. I think I know who you're going to say should have won it in the National League. Yeah. And we all know this. We all know what we're going to say. We all know what we're going to say. E-L-L-Y space. <laughs> D-A space. L A, L A space, C R U Z, and that would be L A de la Cruz. L A de la Cruz, who you feel pretty strongly should have won the rookie of the year. Oh yes, because uh, did did I understand that Corbin Carroll was hot throughout the season, but did he did he hit for the cycle in his second week with the team? I don't believe he did. I don't believe he did. And, uh, and I will say for that, you know, that first, what, three, four, five weeks that Ellie came up, there was not a player in Major League Baseball, let alone a rookie. There was not a player in Major League Baseball that was as electric and as, um, just, just, just wrecking games the way that Ellie did, um, for those couple of weeks. Now he cooled off though. He cooled off pretty significantly. Like the electric burned out. (laughs) (laughs) The electricity shorted out after that. But for those couple of weeks, man, there wasn't a better player in Major League Baseball. No way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could talk about Acuna Jr. Did he steal first? Did he steal second, third, and home on two pitches? (laughs) Did Did he do that? Ellie De La Cruz did. Ellie De La Cruz did. Did he hit for the cycle? Ellie De La Cruz did. Ellie De La Cruz did. 
so I think that's that probably pretty strongly expresses your opinion in the National League. Uh, the Cy Youngs went to in the American League Garrett Cole and in the National League Blake Snell. I don't necessarily have any. I don't disagree with that. Uh, anybody else you can think of that maybe should have been under consideration in the American or National League for Cy Young? Well, I can tell you, I don't think Blake Snell is gonna should win it because really? the if if he if he won Cy Young, why aren't the Padres all season really good? Well, that's true. They really underachieved compared to their expectations. Yeah, yeah. very underachieved. And I. But in consideration, I I don't think Gray will win it. He just not not much like. You talking about Sunny Gray? Yeah, Sunny Gray. Hmm. I don't think he, I don't think he will win it. He was in like the top three for the Cy Young, but I don't think he would win it. Yeah. Um. But I don't think there's anyone else. Yeah. So. Yeah, it I, it was almost like kind of a weird year for pitchers. Um, I you know this we're getting into this era of bullpen days and openers and the era of the dominant starting pitcher that's going to come out and have you know two hundred and fifty strikeouts in a year and pitch two hundred innings is just not. We're just kind of past that era, I think. Yeah. So, you know, Blake Snell says here, uh, Blake Snell racked up 234 strikeouts over the year. Um, I don't see how many Garrett Cole had, but I know it was a lot. I just, I just don't know that we're in that, we're just kind of moving past that era of dominant starting pitchers I, that, that just rack up a ton of innings and go out and give you seven innings and 10, K, 10 Ks every day. I just don't think we're going to see that anymore. Yeah, it's like... Which is a shame because that was, that was the, fun. The, like... It's like bullpen pitchers are running out. We're running out of them. Yeah. We're running out of good bullpen pitchers. And, like, like before, like, it, what, we're running out. And it's, like, the, you could, there's the Reds, which their bullpen absolutely sucks. Um, it, <laughs> you could talk about the, she, are we gonna have to the put an explicit? Rays. Are we gonna have to put an explicit tag on our podcast now? <laughs> um, Let's go get, back and go. Uh, I beep. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I don't, I don't think we're, we're running out of all of these bullpen pitchers and really some of the starting pitchers. Yeah. So there's no one the the Cy Young's not the Cy Young award is not as exciting as it used to be. I I agree with you. I think I think you're right. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the MVP. Uh this was the first time I I think I think I read somewhere that this is the first time in Major League history that both the American League and the National League most valuable player uh voting was unanimous, meaning that every single voted voter voted for the same guy and uh, for first place. And uh, no surprise, really. Shohei Otani, even though he got injured towards the end of the year. Um, he had the best, he had the best, like, what, like five weeks? Oh, he's, he's, I mean, well, I mean, if you're looking at, there's no way he couldn't win it. He's one of the best hitters and he's one of the best pitchers. Like, yeah. how do you not win it? How do you not be the most valuable player if you're one of the best pitchers and one of the best hitters in the league? 
Uh, so he wins it in the American League. And then, uh, again, no surprise, Ronald Acuna Jr. for the Braves wins it uh, in the National League, the first 40-70 year in history with 40 home runs and 70 steals. That's never been done before. I don't think that's any surprise. There's no surprise on both. Yeah, I think he was kind of the runaway guy all along. I thought maybe somebody else in the American League might might sneak up and take it from Shoei after he got injured, but nobody really stepped up. Um, I put a bow on those on those two guys' seasons. I don't know. I think it was it was just really exciting to watch those guys. Yeah, it it was like who else? Who else could win? Who who else could beat Shohei Otani in the best year of his career? Who else could beat Ronald Cunha Jr. in forty seventy? That's how. I I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to that. So. Any last thoughts on the Major League Baseball season now that it's over? No. I think we're, I like we're excited to look into, you know, kind of see what the offseason brings. Um, there's been a couple of, like, low-level trades so far. I'm curious to see the big free agent signings that happen, Shoei Otani being the biggest piece in that um, and probably the piece that's going to trigger a lot of other moves. I'm really curious to see what happens uh, with, on the uh, what they call the Hot Stove League. But uh, and we will keep our listeners abreast of our thoughts as that progresses. But any final thoughts on the MLB season? I have one more thought on the AAL Rookie of the Year. Yeah. So, I I want to talk about Carter from the. Uh, oh yeah, Evan Carter. From, Is it yeah. Evan? Evan Carter, right? Uh, whatever it was, but yeah. um, he, well, he stepped up to be as good as like. If uh, if like there was if if like there was a rookie that was kind of bad in the minors, but he got better as he got as he got in the majors, that would be Carter. Well, and then in the playoffs, he was yeah. You couldn't get him out. Yeah, like. But this is it is a regular season award. So they don't really factor in the voters don't factor in the postseason when they're voting. Then that well, then he doesn't win it. Yeah, yeah. Because the postseason was his so. Best. Remember, remember, Randy Rosarena for the uh, uh, for Tampa won it either last year or the year before, and really he won it because of his performance in the playoffs, and then he won it the next year. Because he wasn't eligible that first year, but then he was just on fire in the playoffs. I wonder if Evan Carter will win it next year if he qualifies. I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but um, I wonder if just how well he played if he's like the odds on favorite to win it next year. I'm just curious. Well, you talking rookie of the year? Or is yeah, it, is ro- rookie of the year. Yeah, Randy Rosarena was awesome in the playoffs. He didn't qualify for the rookie of the year the year that he was in the playoffs with the Rays because he didn't play enough games. And then the next year, he won the Rookie of the Year because he qualified that year. But really, everybody was thinking about him from the playoffs before. And I wonder if the same will be true for Evan Carter. Hmm. I'm pretty sure it's Evan Carter. (laughs) It's his first name. I can't remember. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah. All right. Anyway, hey, so let's shift real quick. I I, I want to wrap it up in the next five minutes. The Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals sit after week 10 uh, after week 11 with a record of 5 and 5 
They are DFL in the, that means dead freaking last, in the AFC North. They have yet to win a division game. I don't think they've won an AFC game yet. Maybe one. No, they maybe have won one AFC game. I can't remember. Buffalo game. Buffalo. Um, It's been an up and down year. There's been some times where they've looked great, beating the San Francisco 49ers, as an example, beating the Buffalo Bills. There's been times where they look like absolute dog excrement. Uh, especially the, especially last week. And then, yeah, it, it, the, the Texans game, um, which is a game they probably should have won. But... Um, I want to know what you think of the Bengals season so far and maybe if there's some late breaking news that you would like to share with our listeners and what you think of that news. Well, first of all, starting off with breaking news, if you haven't heard it um, and you weren't watching the game, El Burrow, uh, he, uh, when he, he must have hurt his wrist in practice, but he hurt he hurt his wrist somehow, and then oh, he like walking off the bus. You could see there was like yeah, something. but but the thing I don't understand about that is like yeah, I saw the pictures of him with the wrist brace or whatever, and so maybe he did hear it in, in practice. But you see him in the warmups, and he looked fine. He looked fine, and then and then uh, and then he gets in the game, plays but quarter and a half, quarter and a half. And then, uh, and then someone hits it, and then, and then he's yeah. done. He said he felt something pop in his wrist. Yep. And today it was announced he has torn ligaments in his wrist, will likely need surgery, and he is essentially done for the year. So when, when, oh, when he was on the sideline taking reps, he literally tried to throw and literally just. He was in too much pain. Yeah, he couldn't grip the football. Yeah, uh, really sad. I, I'm I'm really disappointed for him, especially. I think you know nobody's going to take it harder than him. He's feel. I'm sure he is feeling the weight of that giant contract. Um, that he like literally just signed. Like the ink is like barely dry, and he had the calf injury. Did not look right the first couple games. Came back, looked awesome, and then now this. So. Kind of a sad way to end his season, I think. Yeah, it's like getting hurt to end the season, that's just horrible. Yeah. It's like you can't play another game even though you really want to, but you can't. So, uh, from going moving on onto uh the how, like what we should do. Yeah. Um uh, like what the Bengals should do. So Jake Browning now is the starting quarterback. Jake Browning is now is the starting quarterback. And he, how many how many games left can you win with Jake Browning? Well, and also with the they've got the toughest schedule in the NFL remaining games. It's the hardest schedule in the NFL. Yeah, you're not gonna win uh, without Joe Burrow. You can't. You, so here's Jake Browning can't throw the football. It, it's like. Uh, when I was watching, uh, when I was watching the game, uh, it, uh, he, 
he got hurt and uh I I heard the announcer say that it was like passing the keys to it, it was like passing the Maserati kids keys to your uh to your son. Yeah. Like I actually I said that. The announcer didn't say that I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I forget who said I forget Well, who but said. I appreciate you giving me that much credit. Yeah, because that was, that was So bad. so I mean, I I, I kind of begs the question: like, do they try to win games? Do they try to make the playoffs at this point? No, no. I I think they tank and get a top ten pick and play a fourth place schedule next year. Yeah, like, bro, uh, like in in college, Brock Bowers from Georgia University. The best tight end, easily. And he might be up for grabs if we get a top four pick. Yep. So, if you just try to lose every single game from now on, you might get that. Yeah. Or at least, uh, our O-line is horrible. Yeah, they could use... uh, Horrible. They could use a guard. I'm not... Not convinced that Jonah Williams is the solution at tackle, even though they just drafted him from Alabama a couple years ago, which I think he was a first rounder, if I'm not mistaken, maybe a second rounder. So yeah, it's uh, it's not looking good for the Bungles, unfortunately. Unfortunately, not. Yeah. All right, so we're already at almost 22 minutes, so maybe we uh, we save the NBA conversation for our next episode. Um, I know you had a couple of things that you wanted to talk about with Victor Wimbanyama and taking the league by storm. We're currently, uh, as we sit here, November seventeenth, in the middle of the play of the. Um, I'm sorry, the in-season tournament, which I still don't really understand. But they've got weird painted courts, and Victor Wimbanyama is awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> in in one minute, give me a little bit of NBA talk. So. Victor Wembanyama is literally like, is what is he like seven foot? I think he's seven four, seven five. Like one like of that. the. Either way, he's one a giant. Of, either way, he's gigantic and one of the big, one of the tallest players ever drafted. Probably, I don't, I don't. Well, know but what like, what sets him apart is his athleticism, the yeah. way he moves, the way his touch around the basket. He shoots threes. I mean, he is he he really Very, I he is that good. Um, I have some some concerns about his health. Like, is he going to be able to stay healthy, being that big? You know, a lot of times when these guys are over seven foot come in, um, they have feet problems, they have hip problems, they have knee problems, they have back problems. I just I, and I and I also know if I'm guarding him, I'm just I'm putting ribs. I'm putting elbows and ribs on it on a very regular basis and really making life hard on him i'm i'm skeptical yeah i would get why because like you look like uh uh was he what was his name out of houston like very tall um houston akim olajuwon akim olajuwon was a beast uh, I don't 
remember. I think it was Yao Ming. Oh, Yao Ming. Yao Ming. Now, but the difference with Yao Ming, Yao Ming was also, I think he was like seven three, seven four. But the difference with Yao Ming is he had a thick body. Like he was, he was big, like big all around. Victor Wemiyama looks like a scarecrow. He didn't have any meat. He didn't have any muscle. And yet, now he might build that up. He's still only like 19 years old. But Yao Ming was was thick. I think that's the big difference. But even Yao Ming had a lot of injury problems. Yeah, like if, like, exactly. If he's, get, if he's that tall, how can he stay that healthy? So well, that's what I mean. His career is going to come down to that, really. I, he's got all the ability and the talent in the world. It, his career is going to come down to whether he can stay healthy or not. One thing I uh, I would say is, literally, he does He barely has to jump to dunk. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> it, like, have you seen? Have you seen him holding a camera? And it's like, oh, Victor Webinyama POV, <laughs> and literally, it's. It's like as tall as the as this room. It's <laughs> what's amazing is looking at him like he like dunks over guys and they're yeah. just standing there and he just dunks over them from like you know five feet away from the basket. Yeah, he's it's impressive to watch. It's fun to watch. I just I hope that he can stay healthy, especially just given that defenses are going to target him and uh, target his uh, his thin frame. All right, Luke. Well, hey, thanks for another great episode. Um, any closing thoughts very, very quickly? No. Like, okay. I think, I think we, we said what we wanted to say. Yeah, what we want to say. All right. Well, thanks for listening. It's been another episode of Cincinnati Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time.